0: Geekish Cast special episode, Dialmorph for Nerder. Welcome to a special episode of Geekish Cast. We're going to be talking about 3D art today. Joining me today, I've got Doug from Storkwork. Howdy. We got Paul from Paul Smithness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> P.D. Smith on DeviantArt.
0: There we go. So how you doing today, hey, Paul?
1: Doing pretty good. That's
0: good. And we've got John Hoagland from, uh, well, where are you from? John, tell us a little bit about your website real quick.
2: Right, from Vanishing Point. Selling all kinds of models for Poser and Daz Studio. Specializing in aircraft, cars, and buildings.
0: There we go. And he owes me a dollar every time we let him talk about his website today.
2: That's right. All
0: right. I'll (laughs) talk about
2: a little more, get it up to $5.
0: Perfect. (laughs) Very good. All right. So basically, we're going to get together today and kind of talk about 3D art, the differences between Daz Studio and Poser. And we'll just kind of go from there and see what topics come up. So let's start with, oh, Doug, if you had to describe yeah. Poser to somebody in just a couple sentences, how would you do that?
3: Uh, an easy way is a, it's a virtual action figure that you can take pictures
0: of. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a great description. Yeah. Paul, how would you describe uh, 3D rendering to somebody who would never heard of it?
1: Uh, usually I refer to, like, uh, people who watch the movie Avatar and say, That's pretty much what you can draw, just not as good.
0: (laughs) That's the difference between your computer and a whole studio, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, if you had a rendering farm.
0: Yeah. And then, John, if you were to describe it, how would you go about it?
1: Right. I like the
2: action figure or doll comparison where you take pre-made stuff, put it into the program, and then make your images. So you play with your action figures, your accessories, put them together, and... Make your
0: image or animation. There you go. I was kind of playing with how I would answer that. Um, and my thought was it's almost like a virtual uh, photography studio where you can put anything in, light it from anywhere, and then set your camera wherever. That was, yeah, I've used that. Yeah, that was probably the best one I could come up with.
3: See, now I want an action figure interface. You know, have like a 12 inch G.I. Joe, you can pose it around and that would, instead of having to use a mouse, wouldn't that be cool?
0: Oh, well, that would be kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> something that kind of feeds back its actual physical yeah. location.
3: Yeah, I think they did something like that for uh, the first Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, uh,
1: they've actually done that. Uh, you can link Studio, Daz Studio, uh, to the uh, Microsoft Kinect. There you go. Uh, not Microsoft, but the, the Xbox Kinect system. Gotcha. Hmm. You can use their cameras and capture your movements on the, as an animation. And then just take those animations and cut it down to one of those poses.
0: God, you yeah, know, living in the oh, future
1: wow. is amazing. Trust really. me, I would love to have this camera set. It would make my job easier for doing pictures and
3: my three D comics.
0: Yeah, I would imagine. Um,
3: I'm sure, Doug would enjoy it.
0: Well, although you know, I,
3: I had to start hating Xbox now that now. Now you've said death Studio. So.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's let's actually let's let's take that jump off. So, really. Um, besides, if we leave out iClone, which most of us have never played with, I believe, at all. I don't know. Well, yeah. Nope. Nope. There's really only two big players in the market, and one would be Smith Micro's Poser and Daz's Daz Studio. So, real quick here, we'll just kind of go around. I, I'm a Daz Studio user. Paul, you are a Daz Studio user.
1: Yeah. I go started on. off with Poser for back in Poser 3.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really the gateway drug of uh, 3D rendering. But that was way back when. Yeah. And and then John and Doug, you guys were both Poser users.
3: Uh Uh-huh, right. I started with
0: Poser 4.
3: Okay. Doug? Poser 2, and I am a beta tester for uh, Smith Micro. There you go. Oh,
0: okay. um, Bum, bum, bum. And well, I was one
3: for Daz too, so I, I can't be all bad there.
0: No, not at all. I mean, I don't think any of us are really ready to label the other one as the evil empire. Just all. yet.
3: Well, the business or the company itself, yes, but not the not the yeah. software.
0: Well, they don't pay. I don't. Stuff. I
3: don't fault the software for the idiots in charge. Yeah. They,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm going
1: to second that motion from my side of the house
0: too. <laughs> yes, me too. I think we will all go in agreement there. Um, so let's, John. How did you get started with Poser?
2: Well, um, yeah, like I said, I started with Poser 4. Um, I've always enjoyed drawing and making art, but I could never draw people. Mm-hmm. They always look like blobs or stick figures. So I came across Poser yeah, uh, you know, 4 and said, oh, look, now I can make artwork with realistic people. Now, of course, the people models back then were not exactly realistic, Dork. but they were better than the blobs that I was drawing. Um, and then from there, I learned how to make my own models using Raydream Studio and Lightwave, and just been going ever since, making models and artwork again uh, using Poser,
1: mm-hmm.
2: going up through the different versions.
0: Okay. And how long how long has Vanishing Point been around now? Uh, we opened in, uh, in uh, February two thousand fourteen. I'm sorry, two thousand four. Okay, so, you're so almost twelve, 12 years now. now. Uh huh. I didn't know it had been around. I knew it had been around a while. Yeah. I didn't know it had been around that long. That's that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm.
3: And just for the uh, casual listener, if you've ever seen Ally McBill's Dancing Baby, that was Poser.
0: That really? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. it was.
3: It was a precursor to uh well, that's,
0: that's right, because that guy actually just released a, Not just, but in the last few years, released another set of characters for uh, Poser and Daz, right?
3: Paul and Pauline.
0: Um, no. Or were they,
3: or dusk. was that, no, Dawn. Dusk and Dawn, Dawn. And dusk. dusk and Dawn, you're talking about Chris Creek.
0: Yeah. Chris Creek, yeah. yeah. That's the right guy, isn't it? Yep. I had forgotten all about that.
3: The man's a genius that's not getting the recognition he deserves.
0: Well, we'll see if we can fix that a little bit on our Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's a there's history there that I, I don't know if everybody knows it, but at first there was Poser and the uh, suppliers for the figures was a company called Zygote. Uh-huh. And Zygote sprouted off Daz3D as uh, two gentlemen left, me uh, Dan Farr and Chris Creek. And they formed Daz3D. And then at one point, Poser was in a lot of financial trouble because MetaCreations was folding. Mm-hmm. That was their parent company. And Daz3D is saying to themselves, you know, we're making these figures for the software and the software might be gone. What are we going to do? So they created Daz Studio as the answer to that. And if you've followed the history, they've been slowly choking Poser out of their own business model.
0: Well, yeah, and you can definitely see that with. Uh, oh,
3: it's absolutely. There's no doubt about yeah. it. That's what they tell people in private too, as far as the yeah. PA's
0: go. Well, well, didn't that start when Daz
2: started making its human figures? I mean, Poser has had human figures in it since the beginning.
3: Right. They were so, how someone. was
2: you know Daz, How was Daz able to steal that market away from Poser with Problem their Mike?
3: Daz created Victoria, Victoria right, 1, and the it was Vicky poser and Mike. only. And then Mike. And Mike is actually uh, Dan Farr, if you ever look at the face. It's, it is him.
2: Oh, okay. The,
3: the original Mike is. And by, I guess it was three, by generation three of those figures is when they when Daz Studio started coming out, and they were compatible back and forth. Uh, and, you then could expert, hit. Yeah, and then four hit. Yeah, and then the fourth generation. And they were still cross compatible but then Gen- the genesis is what where they start choking it off
0: yeah well actually, genesis yeah. 3 is it was kind of a, a the breaking point I, ha- I know people are working on their own independent ways to get the genesis 3 characters into poser but uh, daz actually stopped supporting poser basically with that character
3: yeah they locked down Dyson, so you couldn't export it anymore
0: yeah poser yeah, yeah, has,
3: poser has told us that uh, they they can't access it. It's Dyson is the property of Daz, so they can't touch it. Yeah, that's
2: and crazy. didn't part of part of the split start with the uh, Vicky and Mike three that would not work in Poser 5's face room? That I heard <sighs> yeah, it was, there too was too there expensive was, for you know, either yeah, E Frontier I, or Smith exactly. Micro to bring the models in to make yeah. them compatible or. Daz wouldn't do the work or something like that.
3: Yeah, I think there was... I mean, bottom line, there's probably money involved somewhere there. Right, yeah. But at least the figures still worked in Poser.
2: Right. So you're saying that the DSON importer won't work because Smith Micro can't take it apart? Or well, that Daz propr- just doesn't want to make it work you properly?
3: It's proprietary to, uh, to DAS. It's not proprietary to Poser. You can't right. backward-engineer oh, okay. it. That would be illegal as hell. Yeah, you got it. Okay. And and they've asked them for it, and Daz won't budge. And as a as a vendor, I was a vendor at Daz from 2001 ish 2002 all the way up to just a couple years ago. They've gotten increasingly nastier to the poser crowd as they've been going behind the scenes. Wow! You know, if you ever go in their uh, their PA forums, there's a lot of people there you'd probably never buy from again if you read the stuff they say about you if you're a poser user. No, least, that just... It's, it's, it's that childish, elitist talk that we could you know, we could have in our discussion Oh, it's, as far as it's the,
1: extremely prevalent in the forums themselves. You don't need to go was, to a private section. I don't yeah. have access to it, but I don't you go don't, to the forums anymore. I've stopped. It is... It's vindictive. It's nasty. It's cold-hearted. It is and the it, epitome of what forums are about.
3: And it does go both ways, too. I'm not saying it, it just goes to one direction.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, but they claim to patrol their forums, but they're doing a piss-poor job on the whole thing because of the way they do it. Uh, blank out, delete things right away. Uh, you bring up something new from another website, and the first thing they do is delete you your uh, thing. It's a Basically what the military does in a panic, knee-jerk reaction when
3: something is not going their way. Right. I mean, the DAS forum is notorious. If you said something nasty at all, they would delete it. Something well, right, didn't. because it's, 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 it's their, their forums,
2: forum. so they, they want to support their own product. Right. And so they'll support anything that makes Studio look better and Poser worse because that might convince customers to use Studio instead.
1: Yeah. They need are right.
2: Yeah, Even though you're right that it makes the entire community look bad, that they're fighting with each other and calling each other names, and why would you want to participate in that? Right, yeah.
0: Oh hey, I'm going to I'm going to hold on. We're going to we'll come back to this one a little bit cuz this is actually something I want to get into a little bit later. is kind cool. of uh, elitism. My fault. No, 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 no. It's yeah, it <laughs> it, gra- it's, it
1: happens it's part of the discussion when you bring up the two software giants. It goes to that direction. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: just going to be part of it. So, uh Paul, how did you so you started with Poser and then switched to Daz? You want to give us a quick rundown of how you got started with Poser and what made you switch to Daz?
1: Uh, I was active duty military, uh, deploying and I was using poser three and I just couldn't get the interface, uh, decently, but then I was only using a 486 60 megahertz system, uh, with <laughs> only like, crawling. I was using four megabytes of RAM. If that, uh, I was in the hurt locker. I couldn't do anything. So I gave up on using poser. I went to true space, uh, It's a 3D drawing, but it does buildings and such. It was uh, picked up by Microsoft at version 7 and just literally dumped to the wayside. But I retired from the U.S. Navy JAG Corps, and my wife said, you will get a hobby instead of sitting around the house all day. So I went looking around and thought I'd give it a shot again, since I had a much powerful computer. I saw this free copy, and I picked up the free copy, and... You know how repetition is the best way to learn something? Yes. I, mm-hmm. I uh, wrote my I wrote a comic book in PowerPoint and then used the PowerPoint frames as my framework for doing the comic book and did uh, like a 78-page comic book over and over with each page learning how to use the interface. Mm. Uh, it took me approximately seven months to learn. The interface and learn all the nuances of uh studio but that was version three or 2.8 or 3.1 i can't remember
0: so it's still fairly early in its uh evolution
1: vicky four had just come on the market when i started so i was looking at three going she's kind of hideous i'm not sure i was going to go with it seeing that four had some qualities and then along came that uh The two standard uniforms that the sci-fi community used of uh, Courageous and Valiant. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those two became the staple, and you could do anything from there.
0: Yeah, yeah, just by changing the texture and the uh, transparencies, you could really make those two outfits look like anything. That's very true.
1: Uh, I think somebody should come up with the same outfit again, where it is the same uh, UV plate for both, and I would do it myself, but I'm not good into modeling, and I'm just too dang busy with real-life work.
0: Well, well that, that happens sometimes. Uh-huh. That's just part of the thing, I think. Well, Jeremy is good at making clothing. I'm good-ish. Good-ish. <laughs> I'm still learning a lot. I mean, every time I sit down and play with it, I still have am learning something new every single time. Um, and I don't know. I Oh, yeah, actually, John, I actually sent it to you, but I haven't sent it to anybody else yet. The... Um, the Knight Errant outfit. If you look at the boots that come with that outfit, and look at the boots I used for the previous year, you can kind of see a big jump from point A to point B. Yeah, I saw. Yeah,
1: but that was I'm the tester.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess just, I'm the
1: abuser of the system.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he's the guy that comes along and breaks my shit before breaks I breaks that me. right. Yeah. That, usually, you should see the pictures. Oh, there's a couple. There's a couple rough ones out there. <laughs> There really is. And then me, I kind of, I used to draw a lot when I was younger, uh, even self-published a couple comics back in my teen years. And then uh, as my plumbing wholesale career took off, I quit drawing. And a friend of mine gave me an early copy of Poser and a bunch of discs with content. And then back in 2009, my wife and I lost a child at the same time that people quit building, so nobody was buying plumbing. So I spent a year uh, drinking heavily and playing with 3D art. And then as I was learning more about the poser that I had and the content on there, the poser version, I don't remember what number it was, broke. I couldn't load it anymore. That switched me to Daz. Seven. uh, Yeah, I think it was seven. I I think so.
3: Doug, will you agree? Probably seven?
0: Probably Uh,
3: seven, yes. I've, I've been stable, actually, ever since six. I know they had a really
1: bad version that everybody just kind of turns a blind eye to and goes, that one didn't happen.
0: Oh, that, <laughs> I, that could currently,
3: be. it's 11 for me is the bad one.
0: But. Oh. Yeah, because whatever, whatever one this was, it just one day, it broke and I couldn't reload it and that was that. And then I switched to Daz and then during that period of time, I realized that all those discs of content that this guy had given me were most likely stolen. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of switched. As soon as Genesis 1 came out, I kind of, like, tried to dump as much of that stuff as I could and just buy what I needed and learn how to make what I wanted. And that's kind of how I came into it. All I
1: right. can believe that. I can see how mm-hmm. the guilty conscience. I worked for Navy JAG Corps, so I tried to stay clear of the, uh, the seedy sides.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
3: So There's a lot of them out there. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know you've made it as a vendor when you find your stuff on the uh, <laughs> no on those right. sites.
0: I still check from time to time. My stuff hasn't made it yet, but I have noticed my name turn up in some of their metadata and SEO stuff. Where I
1: got I got pirated as a, an author itself.
2: Oh, did you? No. Yeah. All right, that means your content is worth pirating. That people want it and they either can't buy it or whatever
0: else.
1: So I look at it, it they think online. On that. Yeah. They think I'm that great that I need to okay. have my stuff stolen and shared. Right, yes, exactly.
0: Oh, well, you're like the new Metallica.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there.
0: <laughs> hey, so that kind of... Going... Now it leads into Doug. Well...
3: <laughs> Where are you on that whole thing? Uh, let's see, I started off with Bryce 3D in, I guess, what was that 96 or so? Jumped on the poser from there and... Uh, Became a vendor around 2001. I, I beta tested for a Poser for the last, I guess, two or three versions. I supplied stuff to version 5. Uh, I make my own comics, and most of my comics are all adult-oriented, so I don't give those away too often. <laughs> Isn't that pretty much what happens with the uh, this
1: whole 3D thing, is that eventually you lead to the adult content at some point? <laughs> you got to pay the bills, you know? Oh, sure. Well, I, I look at it. You put a character on the screen, and you're sitting there looking at her or him, and what's the first thing as soon as that skin goes on? You've got a nude body in front of you, and there you're, you're like, go.
0: okay, mm-hmm.
1: is my spouse going to come around the corner and think <laughs> I'm just creating digital porn?
0: I, I do remember. There there used to be a figure called Apollo.
1: All right, right yes. Yeah, still, uh, still uh, out Anton. there, I believe.
0: <laughs> but, um, so I, I'm playing around with this, you know. Like Again, like I said, it was going through a real dark period in our lives when I first got turned on to really delving into 3D art, and I downloaded the Apollo character. I load him up, and if you had him, you know he loaded in all of his glory. Uh, yep. Anatomically correct. Yep, with a big old yep. swinging member on him. And so I've got this big old naked penis on my screen attached to some <laughs> dude, and a friend of my brother's comes through the door and he goes, what what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I'm just like nothing. Don't don't even worry about it. Let's just move on from this topic and pretend you never saw a penis on my computer.
3: You never hit <laughs> wireframe so fast in your life.
0: Oh, oh, I just I just I just dumped the program I'm like, nope, no, no. It's yeah, just like having your wife come around the corner while you got a naked girl on your computer screen. It's like, "How quick can I close this window?" Close.
2: <sighs> yeah, but then like, "Oh, what were you looking at? Show me. I mm-hmm. want to see that."
3: What? See, now my house, I can have the naked women on the screen. It's when it's Amazon on the screen I get in trouble.
0: Oh, because you're shopping? Because <laughs> I'm shopping. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Sam, what are you doing in there? Oh, it's just naked people. Daddy's paying the bills. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> are you and buying more, more shoes? No, I swear to God.
3: <laughs> Today's note for Amazon is that Star Wars Force Awakens comes out on April 5th on DVD and Blu-ray.
0: They finally announced, uh, huh?
3: Yep. They're not wasting any time.
0: Kind oh, they were taking
3: me. They were taking pre-orders before the movie even came out, I
1: think. Oh, I I was over at a record store and I picked up the soundtrack and the guy asked me, "Do you want to pre-order the movie?" I'm like, <laughs> "It just came out yesterday." <laughs> just like, it. "Oh, we're we're already accepting pre-orders for the movie when it comes out here, so you'll have your copy right away."
0: Oh, I know. I had already checked to see if maybe there was a Chinese site selling a, uh, a high-def print, like, illegally across borders, just so I could have it. Nobody was yet, though. Sure. No, seriously, I'm, I am I am still without The Force Awakens, and it saddens me. I have to listen to the audiobook and go through my sad little visual dictionary just to get my Star Wars fix. Yes. But, you know, we're getting a little off-topic there. No, uh, because okay.
1: actually all of the sci-fi stuff does lead back into what we're doing, because I do sci-fi comic books. I do, uh, I do sci-fi stuff, outfits. The stuff leading and over at Vanishing and Point sci-fi. Right,
2: I do all the models, the uh, vehicles and
1: such. Doug? So, I've got sci-fi stories. So There, there you go. All, our hobbies are influent and what we're doing is influenced by the real world stuff going on around us and the
3: world of a uh, poser and and DAS studio if you look at the clothing it's mostly well 10 years ago is mostly science fiction fantasy and a little bit of current modern clothing at the time but heavily science fiction and fantasy you know the the ridiculous armor with the midriff exposed for the mm-hmm. female and Naked Vicky in a temple with a sword. I mean, you, you can right. tell who their who their target audience is, and it was us. Yeah,
0: matter of fact, there was there was a whole thing that I read early on. It was asking, it was just I don't even remember what forum. but It was like, how do you make artwork in Poser or Daz Studio, whichever one it was? And the guy writes back and he goes, well, first you get really good with um, transparency maps. That way, you can do facial shots of semen. I was just like, wow. <laughs> So I see what kind of reputation this has, but, but I digress. That's hey, so right, many again. shades of wrong. <laughs> um, well, you know, from there, let's go ahead. There is one thing that comes up all the time when you're discussing 3d artwork and whether you're modeling it and doing it yourself in Maya or some other p- program package, or if you're using Daz or poser and that's basically, if you're using Daz studio or poser, you're a phony, a great big phony. You guys run into this, (laughs) right? Because you didn't make the models yourself. That's yeah, and that's kind of the way everybody seems to come at it.
1: I've come at that same thing, and I point out that what I'm doing sometimes is, as you said earlier, very close to what we do with photography. You got to know about and studio camera is very similar to a camera in its way. It has settings, and especially with the new Iray engine, I. you're dealing with ISOs and closer, closure, or the shutter speeds and things like that as well. Poser. So you, awesome. actually, you have some serious. I wasn't sure if the new version of Poser with
3: its. Even old engine. versions of Poser, you have shutter speed.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And depth of field. And yep.
3: God, I NF, love that. And stop.
1: But yeah, but, uh, all of these things, they play into that whole thing, and they're like, well, you didn't make it. I said, well, you right. didn't make the crayons. You didn't oh, make right. the brush. You didn't or make the paper.
2: You didn't make the trees and the mountains out there when you took your picture.
0: Yeah.
2: Or you didn't make the fruit that you've arranged on the table.
1: And I've get told that it's that doesn't even compare, and I'm like, but it actually does because your canvas is paper. My canvas is a screen.
0: Well, and I think there's a certain amount, I, and Doug and I talked about this back when he and I uh, first did our interview for Geekish Cast, um, but there's there are people who have a good eye for design and layout, and then there are people like me who really struggle at it, but if you've got a good eye and you can lay out a scene, it's still artwork. I don't give a damn who made the made the individual pieces. You're still the one who created the whole. You're the one who lit it. You're the one who photographed it, you know. That's why I right.
2: You're the one that you know put together the arrangement of the elements to create the scene.
3: Mm-hmm. I always just say, "What is art?" You know, anytime somebody right. has that argument against you, it's like, "Well, define art for me." Wow, that's getting esoteric. You know, and
1: that puts them on the spot. I can see how that it, can really.
3: It, off- I think make it, all, it awkward. It goes back to the you know, you've got the two neighbors, and the one buys the new car, then the other one buys the new car, and you know, back and forth, and you try and always one up your your keeping, buddy or your neighbor and
0: keeping up with the joneses we, exactly
3: mm-hmm. it's just it's just childish crap yeah. i mean you look at a, any any major motion picture done in, in cgi there wasn't one guy doing everything you know and there think, was teams of hundreds of people
0: yeah i think that argument that i've heard you articulate once or twice is actually my favorite so far it's that you know well do you think that movie was done by one guy do you think that guy did everything in there? He didn't do the voice acting. You know, he didn't do the hair simulations. He didn't right. build the hardware. So Right, he
2: and he built every single model and rendered every single frame by
0: himself. Oh, yeah, and and hand-built the computers that did it. Right. Yeah. From
3: scratch. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: everything in the world is better when you build on something somebody else did. And we all get to see you far because we stand on the shoulder of giants, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know? Alright, so you guys don't give that argument any credence then at all. It's just people misunderstanding the difference between
3: You know, I can appreciate somebody who built the sixty seven stingray that they used in their image and that's great. That I wish I could do that myself, but just because I went out and bought one doesn't make my image any less an image of a sixty seven stingray,
0: you know. I, I would agree. Right. Well
3: and, and of course I mean I could
2: there's the other argument that the big companies, like ILM, actually use Poser for pre-visualization. I've seen some screenshots in art books that they used it, I think, for um, Episode 2,
1: oh. Attack of the Clones, to lay out some scenes. You want to – here, I got a really good one for you. Take a look at the reimagining of Star Wars based on the uh, Star Killer as the uh, this theme. It was a comic book that came out last year. the Dark Horse book, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Take a look very carefully at all the background sets. They're the Dysotopia sets from Studio. Uh, They used the cars, the pits. Uh, The figures were drawn, but all of the backgrounds, all of the technology. uh, There's a scene where everybody is sitting around a giant table in a hall. It's one of the grand libraries from Daz. Hmm. Um I believe it uh Jack. I can't remember his last name, it starts with a T. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I believe it's his one of his sets because a lot of his sets are were in this comic book and I was like, what they did is they just blurred the background of these renders so the characters stood out.
2: So, so there you go, you have professional companies using Poser or Daz Studio in their professional comic books that they're selling to the public, and they didn't make the backgrounds.
1: Nope. But John I Byrne. Oh yeah.
2: yeah,
1: John Byrne does a
3: lot of poser work. John Practice. Byrne does? Yeah, yeah. he's a, even he's a good three art three D artist in his own right. Oh,
0: I didn't know. See, I haven't really? looked at a John Byrne book in a long time. Probably. Yeah, he's now,
3: yeah. What's he doing now? It's that Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, the Star Trek where he repurposes the uh, imagery from the shows. Which is actually kind of good, because they're they, good storylines. They are very good storylines.
0: Yeah, well, I've always liked his Star Trek writing. I mean, he's done a few uh, well, Chris Pike stories and other things I liked quite a bit back in the day. Um, let me see here. Oh, you know what always kind of cracked me up was, uh, Paul, you want to talk about your your uh, Star Trek creation that has now been on the cover of Star Trek comics? Oh, wow, really? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um... You know how you've got the uh, Mirror Mirror Universe pin? uh, It was an idea that uh, Roy Knight and I were tooling back and forth with each other, and we had uh, Fisty put it together for us. Uh, She's one of the uh, PAs from Daz, and she did it for free for us. Well, it was released for free, and then come about three months later, it shows up on the cover of Star Trek the new reimagined comic book series, on 15 and 16 as um, Spock's color devices, as well as the big image behind him.
2: Wow, nice. Mm-hmm.
0: That, I'm blew like, me, okay,
1: that blew that's me geek away Craig. when you told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Because I immediately uh, went and downloaded the pen and then got the <laughs> comic, and I'm like, yeah, that's it. And then I fitted that pin to the new, uh, at the time, the new Genesis 2 characters as well.
1: Yeah, I had you help me out with that one, so yeah. it would fit it because... Again, I don't understand a lot of the stuff going on in the studio. I just know how to make a story and I know how to do the images and do that part.
0: Oh yeah, and let me tell you if if you've if anybody out there listening has never looked at Paul's uh, 3D artwork. Paul, where can they find it?
1: Uh pdsmith@deviantart.com.
0: Uh, go check it out. You're you'll be amazed at some of the shit he pulls off in 3D rendering. It's just outstanding. Um I use him for all of my uh all of my product renders. I just send it to him, have him break it, then we fix that, and then I have him make the images. So, guys, let's um, we're gonna stick with the theme of elitism here, and we're gonna move on from you know guys who shit on people who use you know pre-built models and renders. We're gonna talk about some of the elitism that happens between poser and studio users, because I bum, bum, bum. Uh-huh. and I know there's some of that going on because we talked a bit earlier about. On the forums on Da Studio, where you'll see them just really taking the piss out of Poser users. Where where have you guys run into the worst examples of elitism between the two software packages? The the uh,
3: PA forums. Well, <laughs> you you can go with the PA
1: forums, but uh, the rest of us here don't have access to that. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I would see the PA forums as being that little behind-the-door thing where they can just rant and rave and pretty much act like children.
0: Use the sort of language that only gets used at country clubs now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) They say it's probably – it's for whatever adult purposes, so to speak, of getting things done and talking and communicating ideas over what's going to be coming out soon. But I'm sorry – uh, what you see in the normal forums, you know it's got to be carrying over. Uh, like when the new Poser came out, I can almost guarantee that there was an entire thread, if not two or three, that complained and said just how bad it was mm-hmm. and how a lot of the Poser users were even said, well, since you don't even have uh, support of the new Genesis, a lot of the Poser users jump ship.
3: You know, yeah. I can't blame them either.
0: Yeah, and guys right. what what is everybody if you're and I'm going to kind of take a sidestep here. If you're using Poser now, what figures are you still using uh, Vicky and Mike 4? Is that what everybody still uses? I am using?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm still using Vicky 2 and Mike 2 because I collected so many clothing and textures and poses that I didn't want to keep upgrading every year
0: to have to replace my entire content library. Yeah, and that's but, That's going to be my major complaint. So that was kind of the issue I'm running into is that I started developing for Genesis 1, and then a year later, Genesis 2, and then a year and a half later, Genesis 3. Having to change formats and characters a lot is is kind of a bummer, to put it in the simplest of terms. Right. I was just
2: going to say that. For any clothing makers, you develop a workflow for, say, Vicky 4. You get everything down, and, oh, here's a Genesis 2. That all the customers are now buying. Mm. You want to make products for the customers, so now you have to make your clothing in Genesis Two again, and now here's Genesis Three. You have to do it all over again.
1: Oh, that's why you got people like uh, out of touch from Rendo, who's he just stops using one character and moves on to the new one.
2: next right. Yeah.
1: He's not rebuilding the old ones. Um, Power Age. He's rebuilding everything, but. He's updating it for the current generation so people can use it. Now, ah, I see a benefit, okay. but I also see at the same time it's a really cheap way to get extra cash out of some products. But what he's upgrading. That's the business model right there. You nailed But it. what he's upgrading are some of the better quality things of his uh, library or of his All store. Right.
2: Now, the next question is what about using programs like Crossdresser and Wardrobe Wizard? How many people actually use those and convert their
0: library of clothing? Now, I've, I've never used those.
3: I've never used them.
0: I just used, use, okay. used Crossdresser
3: like three days okay. ago.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, I've uh, been using Crossdresser for years, and I think it's very good. But I convert everything to my uh, Vicky 2 and Mike 2 characters.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the big reason that maybe Jeremy and I is because we got blessed, so to speak, with the auto fit.
0: That's true as well. Okay. Yeah, like the a lot of the a lot of clothing that you bring into Daz studio now, you just click on it and it it basically fits or it gets close enough that you can make it work.
1: And I came up with a, a script, a little bit of figuring out of how to get the Genesis three clothing to work on Genesis two because so many people have so many skins, so much time and effort mm-hmm. invested in. This Genesis 2, it kind of became the new Vicky 4 and Mike 4 uh, figure. Genesis 2 has things that the current one doesn't have. Uh, It's easier to use and manipulate, in my opinion, because you don't have two necks, uh, buttons. Um, I'm leading the charge on power pose, which is kind of like a puppeteer and it allows you in studio to move your character around instead of having to actually touch the character in the center of your screen for those pivot points.
0: Yeah, and you set my you set yeah. my Dash Studio up with that when you were here in California.
1: And I showed you how fast I got that character into a run position. Yep. That was and I never... Go ahead. I just think Power Pose is the, the least utilized uh, feature that Studio has for it. And it's not being updated, and I was doing the updating, and I realized that with this version 3, Daz figuring that th- why bother upgrading this? Nobody wants to use it, but yet the thread has got a lot of people using it, and I've got close to 3,500 downloads of people maybe du- duplicate downloading, re-downloading, because every time a new upgrade comes out, it wipes out the r-
3: previous copy of PowerPose.
0: Right. Huh. That's still pretty Not slick, though.
3: I want to point out Poser also has a fitting room that a lot of people don't realize is there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you guys have a material room and fitting room that just I wish
1: I had. Uh, I would love to have that dynamic drape feature that you guys have where you can turn pretty much any clothing and drape it so it looks more right. natural. I wish, Right, I had.
2: but I wonder how many people use that feature compared to how many people just load the character load the clothing, hit conform, pose, and render, instead of taking the time to calculate the clothing dynamics.
3: Right. I think that depends on the sophistication of the artist and, you know, who's playing mm-hmm. with it. I think if big- it. If it's the hobbyist that just wants to make pictures, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with this, but if they're just making pictures of fairies on mushrooms, they're not going to bother with that. Right. Especially once they find out it takes, you know, 20 minutes to do the simulation or longer And, you know, it'll take a few days to learn how to do that in the first place. They're not going to touch it.
1: I've looked at a lot of people's art images, and you can tell who's using Poser one way and who's actually learned a little bit more of how to use the Poser lighting and rendering settings. It just has that feel of you haven't really tried to learn what you're working (laughs) with. And I think the dynamic uh, settings... Is one of those key things where when you look at that character, everything just kind of lays properly, everything floats in, it shows a more polished image.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and there's, and I'm not going to mention any names here, but you can definitely tell when somebody is like you, Paul, have really dug in and you really get whether it's just at an instinctual level or an intellectual level, I can't really say. But you get how to put the scene together, how to light it, how to get the best results out of it. Man, I, I have
1: no idea why or how that happened. I just,
0: <laughs> that's kind of what I meant. I think it's almost instinctual with you. All right, that kind of artistic eye. Yeah, exactly. There's a guy who has, I'm not going to say his name, but he has bought almost every outfit that I have published. And he's doing some Star Trek comics. And it's cool looking, but you kind of feel like he left the camera open too long. Or, you know what I mean, just... There's something. The lighting is always a little off. There is something always a little bit too washed out about his image, and I think
1: I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I
0: I figured you would.
1: Uh, I got
0: it. Yeah, and you know, I talk to him often. Yeah, and his stuff looks cool, but you can tell he's a guy that another year from now, his artwork is going to be leaps and bounds above where it is because. Instead of studying it, he's going to learn, kind of like the rest of us, we're going to do it time and time and time and time again until we accidentally figure out how to make something better.
1: His, In his defense, the uh, philosophy that he was using, as well as a a lot of other people who are doing this, uh, the comic books, like Doug and I do, Mm -hmm. is that he wanted to maintain the same look from first book to last book. That's over a period of seven, almost eight years, where... Every single book of mine is slightly more advanced, slightly different. My latest one looks nothing like my first one because the eyes aren't blank. Mm-hmm. The, the person is actually standing. The hands are a little bit curled and the fingers are a little bit bent more naturally. Uh, the eyes turn.
0: Nobody's floating in the air. <laughs> it's just all that little stuff.
1: Right, but I think
2: that comes with experience also. After posing characters for so long, you start to look at all those little details.
3: Mm-hmm. So this guy wanted to maintain the same look for eight over eight years. He purposely he, didn't learn? Well, <laughs> <Or> didn't.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm sure he learned, but he just didn't feel uh, didn't it would take away, it would take away from the look of the books because he started using V3 and M3, and he stayed with it the entire time. Uh, up until the most recent the last book where he threw in a couple M4 and V4s. but it had that V4 M4. Uh, the t-shirts have are so tight that the guy's nipples are point, pointing through. That was one of the M3's problems with their shirts. the nipples, right? Uh, the blank stare, the solid hands, the fingers didn't bend. These are the little tiny details that people forget but you've got to even move one finger bend it a little bit and it gets you that little tiny bit throws it over the edge of
0: well a better sub- subconsciously people notice those little things um, i can tell you since i started recording podcasts i pay a lot more attention to sound than i ever thought i would and when i listen to other people's recordings now, i'm picking up like ooh they could have they could have you know used the noise remover on that or they could have done this and when you're looking at people's artwork yeah, We all did this, I'm sure. Our first renders, everybody stood stick straight, arms at their sides, back perfectly straight, you know, feet directly under the body. But if you move an elbow, twist a wrist a little bit, it just adds a subconscious element of actual life and movement to something.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, just like... You know, I, I would even think, and I hadn't even thought of it till now. I'm going to start playing with like, you know, the chest moving in and out, so it looks like somebody could be breathing even a little bit, just to see if that if that's detectable.
3: There's a breathing morph in there.
0: Yeah, that's what. But I would never, <laughs> I would never really think to use it until we were just having this conversation. All of a sudden, my brain rewired itself a little bit, going, "Oh yeah, if you just." Use these things a little bit.
3: That's like dilating the pupils. That's something nobody ever thinks of. And and isn't there some kind of
2: auto balance control in Poser, where you start moving a foot and then the hip and abdomen start to bend slightly?
3: The kinetics, yeah,
1: yeah. uh, I don't know if
2: Studio can do it too. Yeah,
3: a version of it.
1: Studio has the same thing. It just it's very clumsy.
2: Okay. Right.
1: Maybe that's because I'm not familiar with using it because I'm more of a hands-on and I use the power pose for moving my characters around.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if there's another option besides the inverse kinematics or if that's maybe what you're thinking of. Um, But I know when I've played with it, when I've left it turned on, you end up with some goofy, goofy things (laughs) if you just change something in a small way that what it does to balance the center of gravity, you're just like, I don't think human beings move like that at all.
2: Right, and then you still have to wind up bending or twisting the arm because the wrist gets bent out of shape or, yeah. Yep,
0: exactly. Oh, ah, sorry about that, guys. Just dropped my pen. Um, Next like, subject. Yeah, I was going to say, that kind of <laughs> wraps up everything there. Now, um, we're coming up on an hour, and that's kind of where I feel like we should cut it. So is there any other topics you guys definitely want to get to?
2: Well, I have a question for the group and maybe for listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, I see when people post images, they put down in the description that it took them 50 hours to render. And I'm curious to – I wonder why people seem to be proud of that. As, um, if, as if it
0: took them that long to make this image where I, – I don't understand that. So you would think that finding a way to do it more economically would be the bragging point rather than the raw power and here's how long I want like to run.
2: The, the bragging power should be look at my artistic image, look how I pose the character, look at my background. Not that it took me 50 hours to render this. Okay, I, so I have, mean, mm-hmm. not 50 hours to set up the scene and make the decisions about what goes where, but 50 hours to let the computer render it.
1: Yeah, that's 50 hours your processor's been running at 100% if you're right. using studio. And um, I'm sorry, but that is a slow death to your processor and your <laughs> you know, video card. Uh, they're not meant to maintain that level for that long.
0: Um, I don't know. So I guess I guess some people... I people mean, will find it's bracket like, points it, it, about it, anything.
2: Yeah. yeah, to me it seems to be taking away from the artistic point of their image. That they're saying, hey, look how long I left let the computer render rather than look how I made the image.
1: Yeah. Now, I think when you do a comparison, like when you show one image and you say, I did this one in seven minutes, and then you show a similar style image of your own going, this one took some 20 minutes, and you can see the detail differences, then that's acceptable. But when you say 50 hours or it took me seven hours to render, uh, my renders that I do for Jeremy – take me approximately six hours uh, right
2: and i've, I've seen your images and they have a nice but, depth of field. they have a nice soft look but to what them. i'm
1: doing is i'm rendering the image at about six thousand pixels across okay uh four thousand pixels high because i need i want them as big as possible and then when i do the uh, photoshop i shrink them down with uh iray one of the tricks with it is you can go as big as you want and stop it at the same time as you could do a 3,000 or even an 800 image, cut them down at the seven-minute mark, and then shrink them down so all three of them are the same size, and you will see that the render that was at 6,000 by 4,000 when shrunk down is a much better quality than the first two.
0: Hmm. And that's it's, that's due a lot to the light simulation and the style of rendered, the difference from yeah. the, yeah.
1: So when I say mine takes six hours, it's because it's drawing 6,000 pixels and it's doing that whole bit. But I think the overall is, it's insignificant. It doesn't mean much. Maybe if it took you eight hours to set up the screen because you put 17 people in it, Oh, right now we're going to be talking. Going, okay, you invested some time. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's the thing, Paul. I don't when you. I know you spend a lot of time doing my images, but you never just like send me an email like, "Hey, here's eight hours. I mean, I'm not going to send you the image, but here's me saying it took me eight hours. You know, you put in the time that you put in. that's not your bragging point. And I think what John and John, tell me if I'm wrong. What you're asking is why? Dist- why detract from the artwork to point out the amount of time? Right, exactly. It adds to the technical feel.
1: It's a warm, fuzzy feeling. How long (laughs) does it take you, Doug? This reminds me of
3: something from high school where I had a guy who would brag about how fast he could burn out the tires on his car. Oh, yeah. You know, it sounds like the same kind of bragging point. I wasted this much time.
0: Yeah, you know, I've got a a 2015 uh, Charger and that thing that is the fastest car i've ever owned but every time i lay lay it down pretty hard or burn rubber all i can think is those back tires alone are a thousand (laughs) dollars keep (laughs) keep your foot out of it would you come on then i still burn rubber a little bit more but you know it's still i'm I'm very conscious and conscious of those tires when i do it yeah what kind Mm
3: -hmm. of doug how big do you do your images when you do your pages uh, for my comics, they're usually, my standard size is uh, 9,000 by 1,000. Or 900 by 1,000, I mean. So you're so keeping all, it a fairly small, quick image. Yeah, yeah. You can render it fast. I've never seen where, if I rendered it bigger and shrunk it down, where it would look different than the same one already shrunk down.
1: Yeah, with 3 delight. it's one of those, you can see the different, definite difference. It's irate is that
3: you can trick the system.
1: Uh, I a- don't know. I don't know that if that sounds they, like
3: something's wrong on their end.
0: No, actually, it, it's just the way it works. Uh, well, it's two different rendering engines that, that operate in two different ways completely
1: the way they bounce the light, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the weirdest thing, but it works. I'll send you a link after we're done showing you the differences between the two. It's kind of weird. Yeah, But yeah, uh, I think the technical aspect but is... But in, in
3: theory, it should work the other way, right? I mean, you're, what you yeah. render small and render big should be identical.
1: If you render big, it should take longer because it's spending more time to right. do it. But I can do a, a fast, clean render in seven minutes if I do it at 6,000 and then shrink it down, and I'll have a better quality than the
3: other way. Yeah, everything in mine's almost always... Uh, for screen viewing, not for print or anything. Yeah. When I quote a printing price, it usually gets rid of the
0: client pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I would imagine. Nobody likes to pay for anything anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, I'll tell you what. I don't care if we're talking about 3D art or just plumbing. Nobody wants to pay for anything anymore. Yeah. It, it is ridiculous out there. And then we wonder why the economy falters. It's because nobody wants to buy anything. Mm-hmm. That's why. Oh I won't even go into how many free things I have in my runtime. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well I know this is I've I've gone back and read some of uh John's blog posts about this. I know this has got to be a topic that gets his blood boiling at points. <laughs> Just you know, right. pricing yeah. schemes and all that.
1: Yeah, when yeah. something goes for a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. Uh right. I'm probably I'm gonna get it. My threshold is about seven ninety nine.
0: Oh yeah. Well that's why okay. I spend a lot more time on Renderosity than I do on Daz's website because there's a lot of people making a lot of good products and the prices on Render on Renderosity are a, they're a field they could be a buck they could be you know 200 it just depends on what you're looking for.
1: Yeah my threshold I stick with that uh it's probably why the Daz doesn't get much money from me. Yeah I, I don't like to go big. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah we could have a whole discussion about daz pricing because to me and again i I just look at their prices every so often but it seems like they have higher prices just so they can run 50 percent off coupons so it looks like you're getting a better deal
1: and also they claim is because they're putting out a higher quality quality okay um i think a few have higher quality i'm gonna actually i'll give props to like Stonemason. oh sure yes he can actually do some decent stuff um uh, Ant Farm, he's got some good sets, but
3: some of and these he's, prices... He still makes poser-compatible stuff, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, Stonemason just completely walked away. Uh, yep. He which, did?
2: Oh, what happened?
1: It's He can get a better setting and get a better look, as the claims were, for going through strictly Daz, and it also or through studio instead of having to go through all the, uh, this setting is for this, and then turn around and do the poser settings, because our settings don't match.
0: That is very true. All uh, right.
1: Every, all my glossy and specular settings that I use in studio are always at 100 in our settings. I have to drop them down to 5%, 10%. Otherwise, everything washes out with this ultra shine that poser uses your bump maps are down at 3.1 percent i need them up at 75 85 percent so i can actually see them it's the conversions were not done even though the two softwares were compatible they look at things differently
0: very so, much so because when you yeah. get a product a lot of times like you're talking about the specular or the ambulant is ambient They'll be the opposite of what we need it to be. So we'll have stuff when you render it and it's all black and you have to go through and start changing each piece of each light. There's an Enterprise Bridge set for free and if you go to use it in Daz Studio, be ready to take your time and go through it piece by piece to find out what makes it work. Oh, from Trope. Yes. wow.
1: Trope's um, original, the original series, Star Trek, um, many of the lights and windows, the ambient is turned off or the diffuse, which is the texture, is shut off, and so you got to go through every single one and reset them.
0: Yeah, and it's well, a beautiful bridge set. It just does not work out of the box for Daz Studio.
1: So then, why does
2: Studio import the settings like that? Did I mean it makes you wonder if they tested it or did, why they decided to do it that way?
1: I can't. I'm not even going to speculate.
0: Yeah,
1: it's just the way it is. And over the years, I have just learned to adapt.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, just, I think that's a big part of it. Um, and I think, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll start getting ready to wrap this up. Because I would like to come back and do another full episode uh, in another three, four weeks if you guys are on board. Sure, yeah. I'm uh, all well, for it. Sure. Yeah. Even sooner. Um, yeah, you know, we could. Um, you know what? Here, we'll, I'll tell you what. We'll we we'll all talk this week and figure out when we want to do it again. Um, because I'm actually having this. is I mean, this is getting really geeky. I don't know how many people are going to listen, but I'm learning a hell of a lot in this conversation. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. But so um, the the topic I kind of want to finish with, and this is going to go back to the uh, elitism between Poser and Daz. Do you think Daz lets some stuff go through just to encourage people to do more stuff for Daz Studio? I mean, do you think they're, you know, like we're talking about the bringing things in that were made originally from Poser, do you think they left a few small broken pieces out there to encourage people to make specifically for them even that early on?
1: You mean like the impo- importer?
0: Yeah. The I importer
1: has would... never worked properly.
2: Right. So I would say, yeah, the Nissan importer, I mean, I don't want to say they broke it on purpose, but that would be a good way to get people to use Studio. Mm-hmm. And so they would not have to support Poser. Someone comes to them and say, hey, this product won't work, uh, Genesis 3 won't work in Poser, what do I do? Oh, just install Studio. It's free. You don't have to pay for Poser. Oh, okay. So, and I, then mean, I, I don't want to
0: say that was done on purpose, but it could be a good business decision. Yeah, especially since now, when I didn't know this before, originally Daz was worried about going out of business because Poser almost went out of business. That makes Correct. a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm.
2: So then I mean, they want the, to kind of hedge their bets and make their own rendering software and not
0: depend on Poser. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world to me right there.
3: I mean, look at what Daz actually produces as a something that they sell. It's V what V7 and M7. Yeah. That's pretty much, you know, an occasional I mean, how many original files do they actually make anymore themselves? It's not made by a vendor. It doesn't right, seem
1: right and odd uh, and- they don't even really make that because it's in-house and that makes the Genesis, but they give that away
3: for free. As I was going
2: to say they give their figures away for free.
3: They give the so, so their business model is all depending on you getting the latest version of Victoria and Mike and buying all the clothes for them, mm-hmm. buying the settings for them, and that's where they make their money. And I'm yeah, of go,
1: course,
3: I'll, buying
2: from Daz, not other sites.
3: Correct. Okay, I
1: want to go on record here. I am going to make my prediction with... Daz Studio 5, you watch. I'm going to pretty much guarantee that They're looking at that really hard about it being a purchase product for the advanced features, such as uh, render farms for iRay. You've got it through uh, Lux Render, where you can render farm a bunch of computers to help draw an image. Oh, sure. That feature has been crippled in iRay. And there's a lot of other things that are just not up to par In Studio, and I'm guessing when 5 comes out, if you want the professional version, kind of like when Studio was version 3, you had the free version, and then you had the professional version that you had to pay the big bucks for.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, I can easily see that. I'm
1: I'm guessing version 5 will be split up like that. Uh, It's the way they think, the way they act, the way they push things.
0: Oh, they definitely compartmentalize their product. You get their base product, and then there's all these little add ons for 10, 15, 20, 35, 40 bucks. At least that's always how they had done it in the past, where their Puppeteer add on was this much to get it in there, or their mouth morphing auto speak yeah. software. So I would not be surprised to see that. Um, and it seems to me like it's a good business decision by them to keep. Well, here here's kind keep of Keep one can... for
1: keep one piece of it free yeah. so they continue, but if you want all the added special
0: and then re-monetize each piece from there just like they do with uh, just like they do with content honestly.
1: Yeah, I'm totally against that whole business model uh because they're already jabbing us with the products being so priced
3: high.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: What was it uh, a Eon that had Voodoo Spree? Mm-hmm. That you bought all the add-on modules for it, for all the uh, fancier lighting and the fancier rendering. And...
2: Right. You get the base version of View for either – I don't think it was free, but it was a lower price. Right. And then you have to pay for all the add-ons.
3: Right. Yep.
2: But, of course, with Daz, mm-hmm. you get the human figures for free, but then you need to buy the morph packs to make them usable. Right. Because yep. you can't go buy a character pack without the morph packs.
1: I think in Poser – wants to become a challenge, they need to seriously... Smith Micro needs to look at the possibility of making Poser free or reducing that price from way up there to something more realistic.
0: That, I, I would think that they would. They need to find their own content production as well. Um, you Because know, now, how old is the Michael 4 and the Vicky 4 character at this point? It'd be 10 years this summer. Yeah, so, I mean... And that's what everybody's still using for the most part, as far as I can tell.
1: God, it's had a longer lifespan in Windows
0: XP. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because I I, I know on an almost weekly basis, daily basis, and John can actually support me on this because he gets emails as well. Hey, when are you guys going to make, when is Invent3D going to make Trailblazer or blah, blah, blah for Michael 4, 4v4? And I'm like, guys, this is, I, I have to model it, then i got to send it to John, who has to stop everything else he's doing, to put it together, to send it back to me, so I can test it, so I can make textures for it. So I can send it to Paul, who can try to break it, <laughs> who can render an image, who can send it back to me with the images, so I can send it to John, and then we're going to make $3.12 when it sells.
2: Right. Yeah. And does Paul have v four? Does he have all the morphs?
1: Oh, Does God, he yes. use
2: Poser to test it? Okay, you do. Okay, well,
1: yeah. I cool. have. I do have Poser. I have. Um, I think I have ten, and I do throw the prog- it into it and test things out with the V four versions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I got to stay up on top if I'm going to abuse something or try- break it i got to make sure it works.
0: Well, it's just, you know, because the workflow of me making something for Genesis, I make it, I texture it, I send it to Paul. Paul goes, hey, this part's fucking broken, take it back to the factory. Oh, okay, I fix it, send it back, he goes, cool, here's your renders, I package it up, I send it to John, and we move on to, you know, beer and pizza. Right, Yeah. Now. So it's it's a very different workflow. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. And I think, don't get paid for this. No, you do not. But you, you get to hang I out. I get with a free us. product. Yeah,
2: I get a free product. Out <laughs> you of this. Get a free product.
0: Yeah. But so I would think Poser, if they want to claim back a big chunk of the market, and I honestly don't know what the market share is. It just seems to me, anecdotally, Poser is in the losing position. If they came up with their own content. Um, well they, do, though. I mean, well, they do. They have new, I mean, newer characters, yeah. newer stuff, and really drove at that. It seems to me like that would be the way to do it. But it but Poser
3: they, Eleven has all new figures in it. It does. Yeah. oh yeah. the, but if they pushed it harder, like really got it out there and did release I, packs. I wanted to see uh, Chris Creek's Hivewire Wire get with Poser and and lock it in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be that would have be, smashed cool. Daz right back, but. I would do want to point out Poser 10 is 72.29 on yes, Amazon right can now. Yes, I say
2: you get it cheap at Amazon,
3: and you don't have to buy of,
2: the
1: latest version.
3: Tons and tons of content already on there.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. We see. I
2: people. mean, if
3: you're if you're the an architect, of the software. I say if you're an architect just wanting to do you know shots of a building that you've somebody's constructed in CAD and you want to bring it into Poser and put some people around it, and make a pretty thing. Poser will work just fine. You don't have to buy any extra figures or clothes; it's already there.
0: That's a very good point. I, I know I mean, there's other
3: of... there's other markets besides us superhero sci-fi dorks who you know are stuck on the the Victorias and Mikes out there.
0: Oh sure. Um, and you know, just to wrap up, let's go ahead. I mean, if anybody else can think, so Doug, you're going to go with architects. Who else do you guys think could use one of these products? Um, forensics. Forensics. That's a good one.
2: Yes and uh like me artists who are just making all kinds of artwork and just need a human figure because they can't draw people.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean the as everybody know the origin of poser was just to have a a live person instead of hiring a model to stand there you, yeah, just, you just use use for her.
0: reference art, right? Mm-hmm. That's all it's yeah. for. Yeah. That's yep. how that's how I I was introduced to it was with that introduction with that description and then I realized well hell you can do a lot more, you know if you paint I the guy
1: didn't the guy want to make a comic book himself and just never really got around to it because he got a bit caught up in the business side?
3: I don't know. I no, think that was one of Barry the
1: Weinberg. I think that was one of the original background ideas on why Poser came around was he wanted to do comic books.
0: Hmm, that'd be interesting. Well guys, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and let's wrap this up. Um so this was our special episode of Geekish Cast, which we're going to be calling Dial Morph for Nerder. John, if they want to find if people out there want to find you on the interwebs, where would they go?
2: Right, uh, B I Z And my artwork is also at DeviantArt at
0: uh, com. Great. Doug, if, if our followers on the interwebs want to find you, where can they do that at?
3: Starkwork.com, S-T-U-R-K-W-U-R-K.com. You'll find everything else from there.
0: Great. Paul?
3: Uh, Just uh, pdsmith.deviantart.com.
0: Great. And, guys, you can find us at geekishcast.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash geekishcast. On the Twitters, you can get us at thegeekishcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Sounds like we'll be doing this again, so please let me know if you enjoyed this episode. I would like to have some feedback to bring to everybody next time when we record. And uh, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon.